This is Giancarlo Volpe, producer of Green Lantern, the animated series, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a green sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. Let no evil should escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might be where my power green lantern will But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone. And welcome to Across the Airways, DC Nation section. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews got Cartoon Network's popular Saturday morning programming block entitled DC Nation, which currently features episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series, Dead Young Justice, as well as various DC Comics animated shorts. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host. And with me, of course, is the most infamous member of our Across the Airways Corps, ATA Smallville Retro Reviews, very own... Michael J. Petty. Yes, and Michael, tell everyone what we're going to cover today, because, of course, DC Nation is in hiatus right now, so we're going to do something a little bit different. So tell everyone what that is, Michael. Well, following our Comic-Con episodes, we are now back on track with covering the DC Comics New 52 series. This week, we will cover Justice League, features the backup story of Shazam, the New 52 interpretation of Billy Batson, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. So we'll be talking about the Justice League book, as well as Shazam. And, well, yes. But before that, we actually have to address a comment. Yes, so Michael, would you like to share that with everybody? I would, and this comes from Jason A. And it was a comment on, under our uh, Week 21 episode, which was the DC Nation and Man of Steel stuff from Comic-Con. Right. And it says, hey, guys, I really enjoyed Smallville Season 11, Guardian, and can't wait for Detective coming next week. I've become a huge fan of Pierre Perez, and my favorite so far is the panel on Part 12 at the beginning of the Cyborg Superman fight where Superman is floating outside a hole in the wall with the red S showing the shadows, which is a very cool shot. I wonder who you think, who guys think should be creating the Justice League movie. I wish D- DC and the WB would let Bruce Timm write the script and David Yates direct it. And are Dan and Nico still doing summer TV series reviews? I'm enjoying Falling Skies, Alphas, and the USA Network shows, White Collar, Burn Notice, and Covert Affairs. So thank you, Jason. To answer some of the questions, I like the idea of Bruce Timm writing a Justice League uh, movie. I think that would be a great idea. Uh, I wish that Dwayne McDuffie was still alive to be able to write that with him as well. Because they did great work on the animated series. Um, I'd be all for something like that. David Yates, not sure on that one. Which What has he done? I think he's on Harry Potter. I think that would did. be an interesting guy to direct it. It would be an interesting guy to direct it. Um, he is, I mean, somebody that Warner Brothers respects a lot and sees as a go-to guy. That's the way he ended Harry Potter. My thought process is that he would turn it into a big brawl movie. Kind of like what Harry Potter, the final installment, was. And that movie needed to be a big brawl kind of showdown movie because it was built up to it throughout the whole series. So that makes complete 100% chance. The Justice League uh, movie, I think, needs a little bit more 
character development in it. Kind of like the Avengers in some ways. Kind of like the Avengers in some ways. So I think you need someone that's Joss Whedon-esque to do it. I honestly would like to see Zack Snyder. I yes. think he's game for it, and he is kind of Warner Brothers guy right now, especially if Superman goes over well. Uh, I know Christopher Nolan doesn't want to touch it. I think if he produced it, it would be a quality film. But uh, I just I don't think he's going to want to do that because I don't think I don't think he wants to fail. He uh, very well succeeded with the Batman franchise, and I just don't think he wants to face a screw up. And I think it's smart for him to go out while he's on top. Well, and I and I think also he doesn't want to be stereotyped as just the superhero guy. Yes, gotta respect that too because uh, he is probably one of the most creative directors out there right now. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we need to let his imagination run wild because I don't think we've even touched the tip of the iceberg of what Christopher Nolan has up his sleeve to, you know, amaze moviegoers. So mm-hmm. I respect completely his decision to stay out of it and, you know, let someone else's image drive it. Um, another person I would be interested to see involved would be J.J. Uh, Abrams. I think he is as well qualified with this kind of stuff as, you know, Joss Whedon was with the Avengers. So they, Warner Brothers needs to get a mind, I think, like Joss Whedon that kind of thinks in his school of thought to get a really solid movie out. Yeah. I don't know about that one because... <laughs> I mean, Super 8 is great. It really is. It's probably yeah. one of my favorite movies. Uh, I guess I would say of like the '80s era because that's really what it is supposed to be. It's right. supposed to be that movie, so I think I could count it as one. Where? But I mean, I, I don't know if I would take J.J. Abrams because he's had a track record of not finishing projects. Well, where where I'm coming from is Star Trek. Okay. What he did with that movie and how he evolved that show and edited. Uh, how do I explain it? And and develop the characters, for, you know, from that TV show, which a lot of people classify as corny. I know some people love it, but how he developed that show and brought that into, uh, you know, modern day, I think he would be able to do that with the Justice League, as well. Okay, and from that perspective, I can definitely see it. I've not seen Star Trek, so you have to show me that movie. Yeah, I do. I definitely need to show you that movie. And again, I know you're not the biggest fan of that world. No, I don't really like Star but Trek. But it's at all. a very good movie, even if you're not into Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, so, we're gonna have to watch that when I get back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we for sure need to do that. And um, I mean, I think with that question with the Justice League, well, first to answer Jason's other two questions, I should probably do that. We are planning on doing a summer review episode, Jason, uh, Nico, and I. I've been gone, kind of on vacation. Um, I had a friend's wedding to go to and another uh, thing I had to do. So that's why I've been kind of out of the loop. But we are planning on doing that. We're also planning on getting caught up with Alphas. I'm a week behind on watching that. So we're going to talk about that as soon as I get through uh, what I need to. And uh, we'd like to do Bird Notice. Nico is kind of about, I would say, a half a season behind on that. I'm loving where the show's going right now. Um, the story arc and a certain character's death is really sh- suiting that show 
really well right now, and I'm very pumped up about it. Got White Collar is also great, too. It's had some the great guest stars. Uh, again, if you'd like to talk about those more, got Nico's kind of behind on those, so that's why we we're not bringing them up. But um, expect Warehouse and uh, Alphas to be brought into the equation within the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to be on Alphas and Falling Skies, right? Yes, Falling Skies. I need to talk to Nico about that. I'm not sure where he is with that show. Because I think there's only one or two more episodes left. Right, so we might just cover this season. Which would be probably better. And when are uh, we doing that movie episode? Because Wu keeps asking me when we're going to do it. What movie? The movie episode. Oh, like the Avengers, of the Spider-Man, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, we'll have to figure that one out, actually. Because, I mean, the new TV season's coming soon. You know, right. That's why I say, but we gotta get it before we, you know. Yeah, I think I think we can pull that off. God, that just might just be us all talking, or I I might just have oh, you and Woo. Yeah, structure it. Or yeah, bit. or I might just have you and Woo put that together, then I'll join in on the episode. No, Nico has to be there. Well, Nico too. We could just join in. Okay. So we'll make that a team effort, I guess. But on the topic of Justice League, why don't we get into talking about the comics because. This is kind of a preview of, I think, what they're going to do with a movie or how they're going to bring I, it into the modern age. I think so, too. There's some things they would tweak about it, including a certain character. But we'll <laughs> get into that when we get there. Yeah, here they come. Hey, look out, jump It's the Justice League. The Justice League. The superheroes all always on the ball. It's the Justice League. The Justice League. Anyway, this book is written by Jeff Johns. Uh, the artist on it is Jim Lee, and Scott Williams also works on it as well. So for those of you who don't know. This is kind of like the all-star team coming together Pretty for this much. book. God, it's Justice League. It should. If the best mm -hmm. superheroes are going to come together, then the best writers and artists at DC Comics needs to come together. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I know some people don't like Jim Lee. I like Jim Lee. I do, too. I, I think the artwork's really cool. I think it's very modernized. It's great stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on Hush. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, on, on Hush it's outstanding. Um, another artist I truly enjoyed that kind of is drew stuff in Jim Lee's style was the late Michael Turner, who was really great, yep. and I got the pleasure of meeting him um, a couple years ago. And I, you know, I've loved his artwork as well. So uh, these guys, I enjoy their artwork. I think they're very modern, that they feel very, uh, I think they have a new age style to them. You know, they're re it's really, um, I think their artwork is really sleek looking, I think. Mm -hmm. or rather than old fashioned, like what you get from like a Jack Kirby or something like that. And I, I love that artwork as well, but it, it, it appears dated now to me. Sadly. Um, and, and with them going, with such a modern feel for the new 52, I think Jim Lee is a great way to go. Yeah. Plus it also lines up with the DC, uh, the universe video game too, which Jim uh, Lee designed and everything. Yes. Yes. I also, I'm also really enjoying, um, the artwork on the Batman comic actually. Yes. Scott Snyder's Batman comic. The artwork for that is very good. And I also like the, uh, I also like Kenneth uh, Ro Rokar Forts. Okay, I think artwork. that's right. I I don't know. He's going to be doing Superman again, 
He was doing Red Hood and the Outlaws, I think. And well, he was doing action comics before the reboot. And, and I, I really like him, too. And I think that's a, they're, both of those artists are real similar to the Michael Turner, Jim Lee mm. style, in my opinion. Yeah, they're very modern. And they, the coloring is modern as well. Kind of like that. I, it works for what the New 52 is designed to be. Mm-hmm. And with yeah. this New 52 company to the Justice League, we have the story Origin, which is a new interpretation of the origin of the Justice League. Set five years back. Set five years back in, in time from the beginning point of where we enter the New 52 universe. Same as Action Comics, except Action Comics is even before this. Right. Kind of course, well, the first arc. We've got we've we've had several uh, origin stories of the Justice League told within the past five or six years. Uh, we had the animated series uh, origin of the Justice League, which happened a couple years ago on Cartoon Network. Probably my favorite. We had the Smallville origin uh, with one of Michael's favorite Smallville episodes, Justice. My Superman the movie. Yes. The the movie that introduced Michael to Smallville, Dead Superman. Yeah. For the most part. And so we had that, and now we've got this comic uh, done by Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns, I, I love his writing. It's really great stuff. Um, he just makes comic books fun um, and enjoyable and easy to read. Uh, and he really personalizes the characters. He gives them a great sense of humor that still fits their personality. And uh, he just makes you feel good to be a superhero fan when reading his books. Mm-hmm. You know, he, because he was one. Right, but he gets the inspiration that superheroes give to people. Mm-hmm. And has really captured that in a lot of his stories. One of the best ways I think he's done that was in the uh, Sinestro Corps, uh, Sinestro Corps War. Oh, yeah. Where he gets the whole city to, like, shine green light. Yeah, and issue 25 of Green Lantern. Yes. Yes. To inspire Hal to beat Sinestro. Like, that was awesome. That was awesome. And so he, he does it here, get this Justice League arc very well. What was interesting is it starts out, you know, we would expect the Justice League origin to begin with Batman and Superman. The two heroes that, you know, established... What is DC Comics? Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, uh, Jeff Johns being the fanboy kind of went with his favorites, maybe? Yeah, I would... Well, I don't know about Batman, because I don't know if Batman is his favorite. I know, I think... I think he knows Batman is needed. I think he went with favorite and most important member. Okay. Let's go with that. Okay. Because uh, I, I agree with that. Batman, in my opinion, is the most important member of the Justice League. And I thought that was very well established on uh, Justice League Unlimited, the animated series. See, I kind of... I don't want to go into a big like, argument of who's important, but I kind of disagree with that. Because I think... No, and hear me out. Because I think without Superman... I don't think there is necessarily a league because, right. yes, Batman might hold it all together and tell everyone what to do, but Superman is the one that inspires all the other heroes to do those things. It's not out of fear of Batman. It's more out of respect for Superman and knowing that Superman would do it. Well, I think Batman keeps Superman grounded, though. 
I think they need each other too. Yeah, well, they definitely play off each other, definitely. Right. So maybe it's a team effort. I don't know. Maybe that's why Superman is also in this issue. Well, the other thing is, you know, Jeff Johns always tries to make his stories engaging or interesting. Mm-hmm. So he went the first the two characters he starts out with, of course, are Batman and Green Lantern. And those two characters have the most friction. So maybe that's what he went for was conflict to make the story interesting. Possibly. They work together, but they pretty much argue the whole time about how to do things. Yep. Batman is very dark and in the shadows and kind of quiet about what he does. Green Lantern is bright and glowing and everywhere and you can't miss him and he's a big target and it kind of drives Batman nuts. The exact opposite. So they get in a fight with something running on the loose in Gotham City and they kind of discover that they're after the same thing. And before it dies and kills itself, it yells, for dark side. Right. And they're like, oh, crap, this guy from Apocalypse is coming. And oh, no. Well, get... Let's kind of be honest. When we first read that, we were all like, oh, no. That one because, of these stories again. Because it had just come after Final Crisis. Yes, which was so confusing. And stupid and pointless and nothing changed after it. But, but what helped us here was... Uh, Mind you, nobody knew who Darkseid was at this point. Well, in this universe, anyway. In this new universe. Nobody knew who he was. We were kind of getting a complete, fresh restart, clean slate with Darkseid. Yes. Which was good. I, I think that's what needed to be done after Final Crisis was such a complete, confusing mess. Absolutely. And what made me feel better is they did kind of go the Smallville route with Apocalypse with this idea that there's an invasion coming. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. it. It was very interesting. And I think this is going to go very well with Man of Steel. When that movie came out, when that movie comes out, uh, Superman, yes, being seen as a hero, kind of symbol of good, but there also being a lot of people uh, distrustful of him or unsure of him because he's an alien. Right. And, and at this point, Batman and, and Batman and Green Lantern are distrustful of him. He's an alien. They don't know what he's going to do. And they think he might be with the people in Apocalypse. As like he's a herald, that he's like the first part of the invasion. Yep. Kinda like kinda like what went on um at the end of Superman the animated series. Yeah, which was re- a really weird way to end a series. Well, thankfully it set up I mean, it, more stuff for the spotlight later on with Justice League Unlimited. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it was just odd. Yeah, it was odd to end it with the story about people distrusting Superman. And, I mean, it wasn't their fault. Right. But, I mean, it was just, <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it's a good thing Justice League came afterwards. Well, I, I think they knew it was coming. That's why they ended it that way, I think. Okay. I, I want to go with that. Well, plus, that plus we also saw future Superman and Batman Beyond, so we knew it ended well. Right, exactly, yeah. So we have that, and also it set up a great way to end the first issue with us, with, you know, Batman and Green Lantern going to find Superman. Because he's an alien. And he's attacking a Luther Corp building, isn't he? A LexCorp building, yeah. A LexCorp building, and there's, you know, same old, same old going on, Superman, Lex, Superman, Lex Luther, and um, 
Batman and Green Lantern kind of start to fight him. And it kind of ends with, uh, to be continued, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, because <laughs> Superman takes out Green Lantern just by flying into him. And Batman's kind of like, it's on. And it's like, oh boy. And so and that's what the internet of Oz. Superman almost looks like Tom Welling a little bit there, too. Which was cool. Which was cool. And I I can excuse his kind of bad boy attitude a little bit but now, anyway, because I realized that he was just becoming Superman. Right. And I get that. And especially in later issues, he acts more like Superman because Johns writes him differently yeah. than the other writers. But, yeah. I also think there were some decisions made later on in those later issues where it's like, okay, I think we kind of portrayed Superman wrong at the beginning of the new 52. No kidding. We're going to pull back a little bit because we're well, taking off the Smallville fans. Yeah. And I guess that's why Scott Lobdell is writing it now, writing Superman now. I have a feeling that's why, too. And probably why Grant Morrison's leaving action, finally. Well, I, I really think Jeff Johns, because he is kind of the boss, made that call. Mm-hmm. He can do what he wants on his book, to be honest, now. Yeah. I mean, I know Dodino is over him, but I think he can make calls on the story arc now that he couldn't before. Well, Dodino's kind of more about making money anyway, whereas John's all about story and content and fans. Right. So. Which makes them a good team. They need that. Right. They need both. Absolutely. It's Batman and Superman. Yep. Absolutely. There you go. So uh, that was cool. Plus, you know, a fight between Batman and Superman, like that stuff gets people excited. Oh, yeah. So it was a great way to end it. I mean, how else are you going to end it? And Jeff Johns, he gets it. Conflict makes good story. Yes. And so Batman versus Superman is more exciting than Batman teaming up with Superman. Well, that's debatable. But, I mean, I understand what you're going with that. And then we go to the next issue. And, of course, you know, we get the, we get a little bit of a fight, which is cool. But then, you know, everyone works out their differences and they team up. Got well, it. after the Flash comes in. And the, yeah, that's thanks to the Flash showing up. And I feel like he kind of calms thing de- things down. And I do have to mention this one panel, though, during the fight. And it's actually two pages in the actual print book. Yeah. And it's... Green Lantern is trying to chain Superman, and Superman just has that awesome Superman pose, and the chains are snapping. Yeah. And it's just awesome. I also like the conversation between uh, it was Barry and Hal on the phone. Yeah. When he tries to get him to come help. Yep. He's like, this guy's going to kill us. <laughs> and then Flash comes and saves him. I, I, I like the banter back and forth. Mm-hmm. Good old classic Brave of the Bold there. Stuff but then Bat- Batman's actually the one who breaks it up. Right. Which, of course. But I get I like Flash's presence coming in. He is kind of the peacemaker of the group. Mm-hmm. He's everyone's friend. Yes. And again, I'm, I'm learning more about Barry Allen. Because I grew up with Wally West and... That was the Flash I followed. So, so did I, but I mean... I'm learning how Barry functions. Get how to write for Barry, I guess, in a way, too. I I always liked Barry. Barry was all always more personable to me. 
but I did grow up with Wally as well, both in comics and animated series. Yeah. So, but I leaned more towards Barry anyway for some weird reason. Well, Maybe because I watch Super Friends. And that's my lack of uh, pre-crisis reading. I know post-crisis very well. Pre-crisis, eh. Yeah. Something now. <laughs> so, not that it matters anymore. but No, not that it matters anymore at all. Well, it kind of does. I mean, the essence of the characters are still there. I mean, they they have the same personalities for the most part. Yeah, but his old personality is coming back. Yeah. I mean, slowly, surely. Again, I think he talks a little less, but they did a nice job of explaining that in a recent issue of Justice League. Absolutely. Well, they said he's a reporter, he observes. That's Which, why he's to be honest, player. makes more sense to me. I agree. So. So Jeff Jazz did a very good job justifying that. Which he always does. I mean, a lot of his decisions have good backup to it. Well, and they make more sense than before. Yes. And, and again, that's the difference between him and Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison doesn't always explain himself. And I, and I read the most recent issue of Actually Comics. I'm, I know. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm singing, sinning again. I know. But they, he's trying to bring back a bunch of Silver Age crap, like the super intelligence. The, uh, he performs like a surgery on Lois. See, and, and I hate Silver Age Superman. And, he's, and he brought back the original su- idea for the Superman, the bald telekinetic, telekinesis villain. He brought him back as the villain and Superman to fight him, which that was kind of cool. That was a kind of cool concept. I've been Dang kind it. of wrestling at that one. But it was, I had an idea with that. I did too. Idiot. I did too. Not, I'm not calling you an idiot. Oh. I, I met, I met uh, Grant Morrison. Darn it. Well, I, I he was ruined my too. fun. He squashes my fun. Well, and he does it terribly too. I know. Darn it. So, but I like that in Justice League, at least when Jeff Johns was writing Superman, he's a lot more like post Flashpoint or pre Flashpoint before New 52 stuff. Yeah. And I like that because that's that's really the ultimate Superman. Well, and back to the Justice League story, you know, the whole argument gets broken up between them. And then is that where the Parademons attack? No, then the army comes and they go underground. Oh, that's right. Okay. So army comes. They're worried. Lex is going to get mad about their little scuffle. So they all leave. And going and on... Then should we talk about Cyborg? That's what I was going to go to next. Okay, cool. We're on the same wavelength. And kind of going on in the background about this is where we meet this kid, Vic Stone, who everyone knows becomes the character Cyborg. Booyah! Except there's a lot less booyahs from Cyborg and Justice League comics. He's way too serious. He's way too serious. He's way too... Why so serious, Cyborg? I want some, I want some Carrie Payne in dialogue from Cyborg. Come on, give me that. So, anyway, uh, he's a football player, kind of doing his thing, and uh, he has daddy issues, of course. Like the... Yep. Original cyborg. Guy, he doesn't get why his dad doesn't go see him play football and stuff. 
Got his dad's kind of a douche and doesn't think that's important. So that's not cool. No. And they get mad, get angry and stuff. They have a fight. With each other. There's a fight. He's like, are you ever going to come to one of my games? He goes, no. I'm like, what a jerk. And, and that's pretty much where it ends with him at issue two, doesn't it? Well, and then the mother boxes activate. Right. And that's, and that's when we go back to the, the league. Or the, the, the four team guys. up. The Fantastic Four. Right. So all these mother boxes start going off. And it's not good. And parademons start appearing everywhere. Everywhere where a mother box is. Yes. There's a boom tube and then parademons. So I, I think everyone knows. Yes, I think everyone knows what that means. Oh crap, Dark Side's coming. But there's also something interesting that we've never seen before, kind of. And when one of the mother boxes opens in Detroit at the Star Labs in Detroit where Victor is. He gets blasted by the energy, and like half of his body is like fried, decaying. And so there, there's a new. They go about causing Cyborg's accident, get a new way, connect him to everything that's going on with Apocalypse. Right, which, which is which is cool, but at the same time. Now, do you want to talk about your issues with Cyborg being this comic? Not until no, okay. Not until we get, get to yeah. Okay. You know where I'm going. So but. we do that, and, and and at this point, it's okay. I mean, with Cyborg being brought in, I mean, we're just like, oh well, now we're gonna establish a liaison with the Teen Titans. Again, that's not where they're going, but you know. But it's weird because in Red Hood and the Outlaws, Starfire mentioned something about being teammates with Victor, Dick, and a bunch of other guys. From the new Teen Titans. Huh, I don't so, I'm, know. so I'm like, how does that work? How does the Titans fit into that? Well, see, I, I know there's a point. Well, they talked about some characters maybe leaving the League in future issues. Yeah, but future issues, like present day, not past. So I don't know. Right. It's kind of weird. So I think we're up to, are we up to part three? Yeah, with four? Wonder Woman. So, okay, so we got to part three. So in Washington, D.C., Yep. Inner Sanitites fighting for our rights. In the gold, red, white, and blue. It's Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yes. Wow, Michael. Now the world is waiting for you. You're channeling that really well. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, well, basically, we've got Colonel Steve Trevor, who is not drawn at all like Lyle Wagner, who played Steve Trevor on the TV show. But he looks better anyway. So. Right, he does look better. And uh, just and just you hear Nathan Fillin. Yes, you do. He's very Nathan Fillin like. Which makes me sad now. After reading it you eleven, but anyhow. Uh, <laughs> twelve. And, That's right. issue twelve, isn't it? No, but it's eleven. Never no, mind. It's, Go 11. On. it's eleven. Well they're Steve Trevor's avert, observing T V reports against uh, crowds not liking Wonder Woman because she's a pagan and she's dangerous. And, and then she escapes. Yeah, she basically leaves their office at the Pentagon. Yeah, she has an office with Steve Trevor. And then she Wonder walks Woman. around with a sword and says, has anyone seen a harpy? Yes. 
Like, are you serious? <laughs> People are like, who is this crazy woman? She's like a child with a big stick. Yeah. And it's really frightening. And then she ends up meeting a young girl who, like, for some odd reason, like, introduced herself to Wonder Woman. Yeah. And no, she doesn't say my. That's a big, pretty big sword you have there. <laughs> what nice long sword you have there. Better to kill people with, my dear. What? But instead, they have ice cream together. Yes. Thus defining Wonder Woman as a child with a very big stick. And, and then she asks Steve Trevor if he, he's ever tried ice cream. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. This cook is truly blessed. Okay. I love that. I just kind of start laughing. You kind of have to, otherwise you're going to start crying. If I was Steve Trevor, you know? Yeah. See, oh, yeah, Steve Trevor, yeah. But, but for me, with Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman can tell me whatever she wants. No matter how loony, it's just like, okay, I'm hanging with Wonder Woman. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Who cares if she's a little odd? And, and then the parademons attack. And, and bloodthirsty, might I add. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. This, this Wonder Woman's kind of got a screw loose in the new 52. You know, did you see that Wonder Woman pilot from last year? No. I'm okay. afraid to watch it. Don't, because I did. I, I found a copy of it, and I watched it because I really wanted to see it and see why it wasn't picked up. Yeah. I understand completely why it wasn't picked up. She kills people. Well, this Wonder Woman's kind of nuts all like that, too. But, I mean, she kills, like, human people. She walks around killing bad guys. That's kind of messed up. With, like, her bare hands. She throws them into things. She, she like... I forget what she does. I think she, like, deflects a bullet right back, and it goes, like, in between someone's eyes. That sounds it's, like, violent as heck. It's very violent. I'm like... How I can completely understand why they didn't pick this up because this is not Wonder Woman. It sucks. Yeah, well, she's... So, yeah, so the parody of his attack, she goes crazy fighting people. I mean, I guess it's good to have her on our side, but she really likes fighting a lot, more so than any other incarnation of Wonder Woman ever. Yes. Yeah. Like, this is not Linda Carter Wonder Woman. At all, folks. And it's not Wonder Woman from the DCAU either. But she's a warrior. She's an Amazon warrior. So I get why she likes fighting. But she's also taught to value life. But that's her... That's what I don't understand. But that's her culture, you know. But her culture values life, too. (laughs) Well, it depends on what city she's from. Oh. Because... Oh, that might be the Romans. No, but like the Amazons in the comics, I mean. Yeah. But we haven't really seen the Amazons in the New 52, have we? I think we do in Wonder Woman, but I haven't read that book, so. Yeah, I need to see what that's about. Apparently she's crazy in that book, too. Yeah, I read the first issue. She's this. Again, she, but again, she's only, she kills creatures and stuff. She doesn't, she's not Joan killing people. Like that pilot you were telling me about. Ugh. So I, I'm just saying, she is like fighting monsters and stuff like that. Yeah. And par- parademons are 
monster, so she could kill them too. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I just don't want her to kill people. And we go back to Star Labs in Detroit. Why the heck would Star Labs be in Detroit? That's like the most the Detroit Justice ever. League. Yeah. So the monsters come in. <laughs> yeah. They abduct Professor that. Ivo. So we know what that's going to lead to. Yeah. Amazo fans. But they, but they, but they leave Tio Maro. Yes, they do. Because we have to, you know, have a red tornado in the new 52. This is true. Before he could get kidnapped or something. So that's happening. And then a Dr. Stone, Victor Stone's father, is like wanting to save his son now because he watched his wife die. So he doesn't, he's not going to watch his son die too. So that happens. Right. Got in Metropolis. They're got, you know, the Justice League just got through kind of fighting each other. They're getting to know each other. Now they're all, now they're all buddies. They're good friends. So everything's good. But, uh, Parademons are coming out of everywhere. Yes. Parademons are coming out of everywhere. But uh, Batman and Green Lantern are still fighting with each other. And they're (laughs) amazed to discover Batman has no powers. Which is funny. And then Superman takes on like 20 of them. Which is kind of awesome. Yeah. And I don't think they realized that Superman was that powerful to take on everybody. Kind of uses an 18-wheeler truck as a weapon. Which is awesome. That's like a Hulk thing to do. Yeah, Superman has now become the Hulk. No, Jeff Johns likes seeing Superman do awesome stuff. Well, that's because Superman is an awesome character. Like, that was his... I I met Jeff Johns, and a guy asked him, I said, you know, what do you think of Superman Returns? He goes, the biggest gripe about the movie, we didn't get to see Superman fight anybody. Like, he's like, I want to see him tear up the bad guys. Like, people want to see that. So, of course, we got to see Superman tear up the bad guys. Well, and in the Comic-Con footage for Man of Steel, like we talked about, he actually fights. So yeah. we know it's coming. And that's going to be an awesome fight. No kidding. I think there's a lot of it we haven't seen yet. I think Metallo's the secret villain, but... Oh, that would be pretty sweet. Well, because of the army. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, well, I think Lex Luthor is going to pop up in there too, in my opinion. I, I hope so. That'd be so awesome. There's a parent. There's apparently like a scene in Metropolis where Clark and Lois walk by, and there's like a LexCorp logo or something. So we know Ooh. he at least at least exists. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's in the. Oh yeah. He has to exist in the universe. Awesome. It, it's but then back in be... Detroit. Yeah, back in Detroit. <laughs> well, no, 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 because. God, Wonder Woman shows up after that. No, not yet. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, well. So we have Vic... Okay. <laughs> so is that when Dr. Stone enters the secure radical room? Yeah, that like red room or whatever. Right. Okay, so that's what happens. I read the summary, so it's trying to follow it through there. And then Wonder Woman shows up. Yes, and then Wonder Woman shows up to help Superman and... Batman and Green Lantern and Flash battle all the creatures. And she jumps in with this, like, two-page panel and is like, yeah. back to Hades. It's great. Pretty awesome. And then they're like, hello, nurse. Yeah, and, and Green Lantern's like, dibs. Of course he would. I love that. And then Superman says, you're strong. And she goes, I know. Fum chicka wow wow. 
No kidding. Yes. But there's always been kind of that with Superman and Wonder Woman. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. There's well, a... and he's not with Lois at this point, so. Well, there's actually... Um, he he's th- he daydreams about Wonder Woman because of attraction to her. Uh, like, at the beginning, right after uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. At the beginning of uh, Post-Crisis. That's kind of creepy. It's Well, he's not with Lois, so... It's it's not it's not weird. They just say he's oh, I guess to not. her. It's like it's kind of like how it is now. Gotcha. And then we go back to Detroit. And Victor Stone is barely staying alive, and then uh, his dad decides to activate called biotechnology, fuse it with his body. And we hear a message from his machinery, say he's now online. So when there's trouble, you know what yeah. to do. Call Cyborg. Call Cyborg. So now he's uh, online and probably going to get in the fight pretty soon. And then Wonder Woman, we go back to Wonder Woman and she explains how she got there by just basically following the winged monsters. And she just jumped in and decided to help. And then they circle over the water and like this big thing comes out of the water. And then Michael got really excited. But then I got really excited because Dark Side was on it. <laughs> but but that's not even the best part. Then another thing comes out of the water. It's like this giant pillar of water flying up out of the water. Yeah, this got you really excited because who was on it? Or came yeah. out? Aquaman. Do 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 do. So that's pretty awesome. So now Aquaman has entered the fray. With his trident and his weird necklace thing. And it's great because every issue you get a new hero. Great way to sell it. Well, I, I love it because he says they were in the water too. And then he goes, so who's in charge here? I vote me. So to speed things along here, we get to part four. And there's more parademons. Just think fights them. But there's Cyborg before that. Well, yes, there's Cy- Cyborg comes in. Uh, Parademons are still after him, but uh, Victor uses his newly discovered cyborg body, his sonic cannon, to destroy them. And then he kind of freaks out because he sees himself in the mirror. God yells at his father. So, and then leaves. Same old, same old, but this original origin story. Yep, and, and then leaves. Yes. And then the Justice League examines Aquaman's intentions and skills and make a joke about how they can't believe he's actually useful outside of water. Which was good. I mean, Jeff Johns is big thing, especially in the Aquaman comics, which I suggest all of you to read because they're really good. He's really oh, yeah. big on advocating that Aquaman is a useful superhero and can be entertaining to watch and can do more outside of the water. Explaining that that's just a really big misconception about Aquaman. Mm-hmm. So to do that, and then the military shows up, and of course, being as stupid as they are most of the time, they decide to attack the Justice League while they're trying to fight the Parademons, as if they didn't have enough to worry about. So that's not cool. And then they find Cyborg after that, who's kind of Looney Tunes because now he's a robot, so he doesn't well, he know ca- what's going on. Well, he kind of, like, attaches himself to a mother box and kind of sees the history. 
of, of everything. Yep. And then he boom tubes to the Justice League. Which is kind of cool. Uh, Cyborg can now boom tube himself places. Well, that is, of course, after Superman and Flash take out the army. Right. But that that's a new thing with Cyborg for the new figure. Yes, that is, a, that is a new thing with he Cyborg. And it's really cool. Yes, I do like that he's infused with apocalyptic technology. It connects him much more to the universe. Yes. It connects everything really well to each other. Well, it makes him a lot like Oracle in some ways, too. Right. Like, we don't need her anymore. That's why Oracle doesn't exist now, because she's Batgirl again. Right. And he's replacing her. Well, so, I, I mean, it kind of makes sense story-wise. Well, Jeff Johns, I have to give him credit. He's trying to streamline everything. Where, where Star Labs technology, Apocalypse technology, and even magic are all connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, magic has gotten so confusing within the DC universe. Jeff Johns has, like, completely washed it away. Got almost started it over again with the new origin for Shazam. Or Captain Marvel, or whatever you want to call him. They can't call him Captain Marvel anymore. They have to call him Shazam now. So he's just Shazam, period. He can't. He's a superhero who can't even say his own name. It's kind of lame. Well, Marvel just let it go. Seriously, Shazam was created first. Shazam was created first, and Captain Marvel is a stupid character. <laughs> I've never cared for him. It's stupid. It is stupid. That's what I'm saying. Nobody cares. <clears throat> he doesn't even have a comic book series anymore. I know. Well, the new Captain Marvel is Miss Marvel. She's called Captain Marvel. Mar- Mar- She's I, called that. And Carol Danvers is a better character anyway. Yeah. So, why? Plus, Marvel died. Yeah, and he died. Like, years ago. Plus, Marvel, they just made the highest grossing film of almost all time. Almost. They don't need money from Captain Marvel anymore. So just let it go. You don't need it. Anyway, back to our story. I'm sorry. I, I just had to say it. There's another boom, too. I'm in a ranting mood today. I am, too, actually. Okay. Which will be awesome when I get to Cyborg, but later. So there's and someone else. Yeah, we got to speed it along, though. I know. We're running okay. a lot of time. And then Darkseid comes. Yes. Ed pretty much takes out the entire Justice. Are we on to issue five? Now we are. Okay, that's that's issue five. So Darkseid comes out. He beats the crap out of everybody, which is Flash a normal up. thing. And then Flash wakes up. Oh, and then... Yeah, what what is Flash? Flash, Flash gets beat up. Flash wakes up, right? Right. He saves Superman, but then Superman gets hit by the beam and taken to Apocalypse. Right. So that and happens. And Flash, Flash is saved. But the Green Lantern goes after Darkseid and is beaten up and right. his hand, arm is broken. And that was kind of awesome where the Hal just wouldn't quit. Wasn't mm. that what it was? Like, yeah. Darkseid just kept like pummeling him down. And Hal's like, I'm not going down. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep fighting. And then Darkseid just went and broke his arm. Yep. And that shows you how and much 
Jeff Jeff Johns loves uh, Hal Jordan. Yes. Just to make him this unstoppable, like, hardcore guy. But then there's this... No, go ahead. I'm just wondering if Hal Jordan is a lot like his personality, which is why he likes him so much. Like, he just feels like he can really relate to him. That's interesting. Which is why he makes him so tough. Maybe it was just always his favorite character. Maybe. I don't know. It, it's just... It's I, I mean, I don't to know. see how much of the writer puts themselves into their stories and what they're writing. Well, I mean, your personal experiences always can help your writing because then you can relate to some of the characters. Exactly. I mean, it makes perfect sense why he would do that if that was what's going on here. Right. And then... We, for all we know, and I don't mean to cut you off, but no, for all fine. we know, he could be very much like Barry Allen or post uh, or pre-New 52 Superman because he wrote both of those really well as well. Yeah, exactly. And even after that, like, Hal gets his arm broken, he still wants to go up against Darkseid. And Batman's like, no, 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 Bat- we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And this scene is awesome. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Bat like talks Green Lantern down. Yes, and then and then he's like, "We're alongside an alien, an Amazon, a human lightning bolt, a cyborg, and an Aquaman." As far as I can tell, you and I are the only normal people here. And he shows him that he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. But Green Lantern's like, "Who the hell is Bruce Wayne?" I'm like, "How do you not know who Bruce Wayne is?" Well, well whatever. It it was it was a great scene where these two guys mm-hmm. I mean they're guys from Earth that were basically put into an extraordinary situation. You and know. neither of them have powers. I mean, Green Lantern doesn't have any powers. It's right. all the ring. I mean, it's all him, but it's all the ring. Where the other characters have the power inside of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's a part of them. Where basically Batman and Hell are what they are because of basically their gadgets. Yeah. Again, Hell has a much more advanced gadget than Batman, but still. Mm-hmm. And I, Jeff Jaws, like, he just gets at the heart of these characters, you know? These characters always can stand up, can have, you know, just a big, inspiring speech about who they are and what they do. And Jeff Jones, I felt, has written one of those for every single one of these characters, except for Batman. So I was glad he opened this Justice League story with giving Batman his big moment. Oh, yeah. His big heroic speech. That was awesome. And Batman, I think, has the largest fan base. I would agree. And yeah. we also have to remember Jim Lee loves Batman and he has a lot of creative input on right. Justice League. And so they made it really I mean exciting for those Batman fans and exciting. And Batman is probably their most bankable hero right now. So that mm-hmm. made the marketing people happy as well. Yep. And so, then Batman goes to find Superman. Which of course that's great too, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. that everyone loves a Batman and Superman team up. They're all for it. So Batman goes to save Superman. Cool beats. That's awesome. 
get Batman is awesome throwing himself into this insane situation in Apocalypse to save Bat- uh, to save Superman. So that's cool. Green and Lan- then Hal rallies the troops. Yes, he goes back together. He listens to Batman because Batman like comes to him and says, "Look, I'm not crazy. I just yeah. need to do this to help people." And so mm-hmm. they go. Well, and then that. Hal and Hal's like, "We got this," and they go after Darkseid. Right. And then I like to see with Green Lantern and Hal, where he's like, "You can stay behind. You know, you're not a superhero, kid. You don't." I have mean, to Green do Lantern, and Victor. Yeah, or Green Lantern and Victor, or Cyborg, or yeah. And he says, "You don't have to do this," but you know, Victor Stone's like, "I'm going to do this. I'm Cyborg now." You know. Mm-hmm. And so yep. they go to fight Darkseid and Batman goes to Apocalypse because Batman's just awesome like that. And what and what's very cool about like the the next issue, like it basically opens up with the Justice League, oh well, the five Justice League members that are left right. beating up Darkseid and it's awesome. Well, I think this established Batman going to save Superman and saving his life, I think essentially established the trust between them. Mm-hmm. Because Batman, I mean, went against all odds to basically save Superman. And he easily could have just left him there and would have just went all the world's in a better place without him. But Super, But Batman showed that he believed in him enough to go get him. Which I... Th- thing is why in later issues you see that him and Superman have such yeah. a strong connection. Well, and I think I think Batman believes that so. Superman more than anybody else on the planet. Are you serious? He's one he's one of the few. Yes. Along with like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen right. and Exactly. His parents. Yeah. Uh I mean I he believes I mean Superman can be corrupted, and people could use his power against the world. But I do think he believes in him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think because he believes in him, that's why he has the kryptonite, the piece of kryptonite, which we do not right. know if he has or not in this universe, right? We do not know, but I'm assuming he probably does. Yes, I, I would say as of after following the events of. Justice League 7 and 8, yes. Especially when they say that they trust each other, they've been working together. Yeah, definitely. But that, but then something happens that we've been waiting for for so many years and been wondering why people haven't done this. And Dan, do you want to say what that is? What, what are you referring to here? During the fight scene? What Wonder Woman does to said character? Uh... Why don't you explain it to everyone? Okay. Well, Wonder Woman decides that to stop Darkseid's Omega Beams, she's going to stab him in the eye. Yes. Yes. And then Aquaman puts his trident through his other eye. Which is pretty awesome. And, 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 and yes, we did talk about that. That's, it's been a while since we talked about that. So now yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. We've, uh, we've talked about that where... You know, Darkseid always starts shooting people with his eyes. So our thought process was, well, it's about time somebody decided, maybe if we cut the eyes out, 
Maybe it would stop shooting people. Mm-hmm. And it worked, yes. That was for yeah. Dan Turpin on the Superman animated series. Yes, it was. That yes. was just for him. Who was victim of those nasty, nasty eye beams. Correct. And so that was that was pretty awesome. Good idea. Maybe that, a, maybe a Wonder Woman with the screw loose is a good thing. Maybe. Maybe. Just for that. Just for that. And, I, and then when Batman rescues Superman and talks him into fighting again. Yes. He's like, we need Superman. It's Superman on this awesome, again, two-page panel. Superman full eyes right at Darkseid. Now, did you hear Kevin Conroy's voice in that scene? Yes. I, I so. I just I was thinking of him in Batman Superman the movie. Snap out of it, Kent. Oh yeah, in the Batman Superman movie, yeah, I love that. Go. So that was that moment here, Jeff Johns style. I was like, yes. <laughs> and I love that. I love Batman Superman, like buddy team up stuff. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites is in uh, Batman Superman Public Enemies. You killed my best friend. And Superman just unloads on Lex Luthor. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, yes. Great, great stuff. Oh yeah. So that's oh, going yeah. on. And let's and I can I just say I really want that in Smallville season eleven with Detective. Yes. I we need to get there. It's it's gonna And be that's great. all I'm saying about that. I just hope it doesn't steal Ollie's thunder. Because I really enjoy their friendship. Oh, I agree. I agree. I completely agree. But I would much rather have Batman. So, anyhow, uh, Cyborg also gets involved in this fight. And he basically taps into the Mother Box network. And he overloads the system. Yep. Sending Darkseid home. Everybody. So, Darkseid's called. He's trapped on the other side. That's it. Well, they think they've killed him. We all know that Darkseid's going to come back. Because yeah. he always does, and he's a pain in the butt. And then the Justice League is rewarded. And, and David, David Graves writes his Justice League book. And we think, oh, this is a nice guy. He's writing a great story about the Justice League. What a wonderful, nice man. And yay, the Justice League saved him. And his family. And his family. Not. Not. And Big mistake. Do we... Do we re- <laughs> mistake? Shouldn't have they saved shouldn't have that saved. guy. <laughs> that was a. We're not saving him, him, him. Checklist. No. <laughs> that guy. Good. Don't save him. He's gonna come back. He has a dark side mark on his head. Don't save him. Yeah. And then there's an award ceremony, and the president gives a speech about the Just League. Call it awesome. Yeah, Green Lantern's like that's that's a one time to deal. I'm not going to team up with these idiots again. And Batman's like, no, we're doing this. Yes. The cops are on my butt. We have to do this. I'm not friends with Commissioner Gordon yet. Yeah. And that's basically it to Origins. I mean. Well, and there's a nice line about what they're going to call the team. Oh, yeah. And Flash says, (laughs) we'll be the Super 7. And then they're like, no, we'll think of something. Doesn't somebody say Super Friends and then the team all just kind of goes uh 
Yeah. So that's good. And then what was some fun is they showed David Grade's book. The cover of it is the Justice League fighting Starro. Which I guess would be the next villain that they're supposed to fight after yeah. that award ceremony, right? I would assume so. But I'm glad that Jeff Johns acknowledged that it still existed. They gave a nod to the original story. That's very respectful and classy on his part. Yes. So that's good. So that, I don't think we really need to talk about issue seven. No, but I do want to talk about parts the the end of part six. Part six. Oh, about our theory. Okay, go ahead. Well, because we get we get a part where there's basically in London there's like this glowing man with blue eyes. Can they talk about how there's other heroes who become active? Green Arrow, Hawkman, Satana. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he talks about if there's superheroes, there should be supervillains. So that's interesting. And then there's a backstory called Pandora, where Darkseid's daughter, Pandora from Flashpoint, who basically causes the whole mess, right? Yeah, she's the one who re- rewrote reality. Is still around. And the Phantom Stranger comes after her. That says it was wrong to alter the alter the timeline. And Phantom Stranger gets beaten up. Yes. And she shoots him in the head, takes him out. Which he doesn't is, die, but... The Phantom Stranger is kind of a goofy character, in my opinion. I like Phantom Stranger. I don't really... I liked him. It just... It, things get weird when he shows up. Mm-hmm. Like... Grant Morrison, Final Crisis, weird. And I don't like that. So, yeah, well. But basically, anyway. what we could gather from this is Flashpoint might not mean that the other universe is dead. I don't think it is, because there's a panel in Flashpoint issue 5 where Flash is running, and he's going back to the right reality, but he sees three realities. He sees pre-Flashpoint, he sees Flashpoint, and he sees New 52. And he kind of goes to New 52. But I think the other two realities are still out there. So you say the Flashpoint reality is still out there? and Before the Flashpoint is still out there. Yes, post-crisis. But he didn't see pre-crisis. No, just those three. Just those three. Huh. So, folks... Just because it's a new reality doesn't mean everything we know could is gone. Is gone, yeah. I guess that's the best way to explain it to everybody. So, and I don't know if that's a fail-safe in case this new 52 concept fails. I think it is, is. Because that's what Heroes Reborn was supposed to be, remember? That was supposed to be a reboot from Marvel, and it didn't happen. Yeah. So they went back. Yeah, they they did that whole volume two thing. But then they changed all the numbering back, too. Yep. That was, yeah. It was kind of really stupid. Some of the issues were good, but, I mean. Well, and it wasn't, it wasn't explained as well as I thought they did with Flashpoint, in my opinion. No, Flashpoint made it make sense. Yeah. This didn't. But a lot of or people don't know that Flashpoint explains it all. They just think, oh, just they just restarted it. They didn't care. You know, there's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah. So anyway, jumping forward, uh, issue seven, 
You said we didn't really have to talk about it. There, there's really nothing. All that's in issue seven is the league fights like that weird decaying guy, and then you see stuff with Steve Trevor, and that's about it. Yeah. So it, well, it basically explains real quickly. Uh, Steve Trevor is become the li- liaison to the Justice League. Yes. And he believes in them, and that's uh, you know a good situation. And they just kind of talk about what the Justice League means to the world. Basically, the government's a little nervous about the Justice League, and they want to know more about them. And there's stuff. Did they mention the Martian Manhunter thing in there? No, that's issue eight, but that's, that's toward the end of issue eight. Okay, that's issue eight. Uh, and basically, they ask, you know, does the League want more people on the team and stuff? And the League, because of some incidents that happened, which we'll get into in issue eight, they don't really trust anybody. They kind of want to stay in their group because... They're a little bit paranoid. Mm-hmm. So we get that out of there. And then there's something about uh, somebody mentioning or writing about how Steve Trevor's connection to the Justice League will destroy them all. Yes, and that's obviously Graves, but we'll talk about more about him later. Right, so we'll get to that. And then issue eight comes. And if you're a Green Arrow fan, it was kind of amusing. But yeah, Green Arrow's trying to work his way into the Justice League. He helps them defeat Amazo. He helps them fight the Court of Owls, which is a reference to the Night of Owls, which is awesome. Yes. And then he helps them fight, like, the Satanist cult from Justice League Dark. Yes, and the whole time it ends with them going, go away, Allie. Yeah. We don't need you. And him and Aquaman don't get along because of something that happened in, on an island, but we don't know much more about that than that. Would that have to do with his origins? I would assume so. So they hate each other. Key and hell... Don't get along either. Art is buddy-buddy, which was sad. That was sad. I, I hope that they eventually get buddy-buddy again. But I do I do like that Steve Trevor gives Green Arrow, who he knows is Oliver Queen, an offer. And Ollie takes it. I do like that. They didn't explain it what it was, though, right? No, I think we're going to see more of that in the Green Arrow book, which I don't read, so I wouldn't know. We might get references to it, but it could be also a Trinity War thing. Or, or it could be get brought up at issue 12 or later dates because they did say some of the team is going to change. That's true. And I would be opposed to some green arrow on the team for a little mm-hmm. while. I'm no, I wouldn't. The character. Uh, they got rid of the writer on the book. Of green arrow. So I think there's going to be some tweaks made. Cause I know okay. you said you didn't like the book. No, I didn't. So maybe they're going to fix Ollie a little bit. Uh, he reminds me a lot of the Smallville version. Now, he's less personable. And he seems well. He seems a a little less. Inexper- he seems inexperienced. Okay. You know, like he he's not because like we had Ollie like on Smallville, but he had to develop into the hero that we know in the comics. So I feel like that's the stage he's at is he's developing into the Oliver Queen that we know from post-crisis. Okay. So, that's my thought on it. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the Watchtower... In issue 8? Yeah, in issue 8. Because remember, the League is talking, Yeah. and then Superman's like, maybe we should consider another member. And then they're like, we can't take risks. Remember what happened last time? And then you see this big two-page panel, Martian Manhunter fighting the Justice League. And here's where I'm going to rant. 
And I'm not going to rant long because we're both running low on time. I know. Go ahead. My, my gripe is Martian Manhunter is not a villain. Martian Manhunter is a hero. Martian Manhunter is supposed to be a founding member of the Justice League, period. Not Cyborg. Cyborg is a founding Teen Titan. I can go with that. But Martian yes. Manhunter fighting the Justice League, blasting his eyes at Superman, punching Green Lantern in the face, ignoring Aquaman. I mean, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't. I mean, I read the first issue of Stormwatch, and I don't even like how they're portraying Martian Manhunter in the new 52 at all. So I think this was more a disservice than anything. And I don't I mean, I don't know if I can blame Jeff Johns because I don't know if that was his call or not. I just don't know why they're so against him. I would like to think them. it's not, but it very well could have been. I don't know why they're so against them. I don't know either. And they don't really explain it. Well, it, it seems like there's hope that it could get worked out because wasn't there a scene with Martian Manhunter where he's sitting out like in the desert and he's like, they're not ready yet? Yeah, he's, he's listening to what they're saying and he goes, they're not prepared and walks away. My thought process on that issue. is there his telepathic powers made them paranoid. But the thing is, Cyborg can do it the same thing, just without telepathy. Yeah. So I don't But I, don't I think, know. like, the telepathy stuff scared them. Just like how he could get in their heads and create illusions and stuff. And can he guess. perform mind control? Martian Manhunter? Yeah. Um, limited mind control. Because I can see Batman just being... Absolutely paranoid with him in general. But, Batman, but Batman's always worked well with Martian Manhunter because they both kind of come from the same point of view. So yeah. is Superman. But I just think the League hasn't taken the time to realize that. They kind of overreacted. And yeah. And with the Graves storyline, do you kind of just want to do an overview, not go through each issue? Yeah, basically, I mean, what we've got with the Graves storyline. Uh, to save time is the writer that they saved that we were joking about that they shouldn't have saved. Basically, his family becomes terminally ill following being saved by the Justice League from Darkseid and his parademons and all those people. And they blame the Justice League. He blames the Justice League for giving his family the disease that made his family and him sick. And ultimately, he's dying and he makes some kind of deal to become this big, creepy, scary, deformed monster guy named Graves. Yeah. And basically his power is he can make the Justice League heroes or anyone see the people that they've lost. Yeah, so when he attacks the League on the Watchtower, like he makes Batman see the death of his pain. To sum it up for Michael, because we lost him a little bit of the signal. Yeah, he basically, uh, he sees the death of his parents. He sees... Uh, oh, you're back. We lost you a second there. Yeah. So, basically, just to kind of sum up what you said, because you got cut off a little bit, Michael. Uh, when that happens, uh, Superman sees the death of his his parents. Batman, the same thing. Uh, Aquaman sees his father... The hell sees his father, et cetera, et cetera. So that happens. He kind of freaks them out. Uh, and they, we have also to mention this guy kidnapped Steve Trevor, and yes. they cannot find him. That was the next part. And 
Wonder Woman, who basically, I guess, apparently broke up with Steve Trevor for, I think, the reason to protect him. That's what I'm going with. It makes it seem like an issue seven that she couldn't commit. And I think that was because of her desire to be a hero. Possibly. I mean, I, I, I could see where it was the kind of thing where she felt selfish having a relationship with him because it was keeping her from being able to save the world. I could see that. Something like that. And so anyway, he gets captured and Wonder Woman, who we've said in this new 52 universe, has a screw loose anyway, gets really angry. God is going to go after him. And Hal tries to talk her down and she ends up beating the crap out of him. And Graves does something so it's recorded on live TV to make people distrust the Justice League to prove that they're not getting along. And so just to quiet right. the situation, uh, Cyborg teleports everybody to where they think um, Graves is. And more arguing continues and then Aquaman like, talks everyone down and says, we've got to do this as a team. And I think that's the beginning of Aquaman having some issues with the league because uh, the issue of the photo of issue 12 that I saw online shows that Aquaman pretty much beat up the Justice League. Right. So he gets mad about something. And I think this is the beginnings, the makings of that. But And then... Yeah, and then they go to the Valley of the Souls, and what happens? What happens is they see like all their dead loved ones. Yeah, just creepy. And it's, Cyborg sees himself, which is wild. I do you have a theory on that or anything or just maybe it's because he's half. Maybe it's because of what happened. He's not necessarily alive. Yeah, he's kind of like half dead. I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna work. I think we're gonna get. A reasoning eventually, but now see, I don't, know. I, I don't know if if his ability refers to death in itself. Does does that make sense? Yeah, because I feel like with Cyborg, it was almost like a death and a rebirth. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if he had become Cyborg, Victor Stone's life would have been completely different. Which is true. So essentially, Victor Stone, that life he had set for Victor Stone. But I mean, Stone the same can be said for Batman because Batman says Bruce Wayne died when his parents died. Right. So that's why he saw his parents, essentially. Oh, uh, well, maybe. I don't know. Because like, what, what I'm trying to find is a loophole because the, the cliffhanger to this issue, because this is the last most recent issue that's come out, is that Wonder Woman sees... Steve Trevor, meaning that he's already dead. And so what I'm thinking is, I think it's kind of dumb to kill off Steve Dear. Trevor. I think he's a too interesting character. So what I'm thinking is that she's seeing that her love for him died. Or their relationship died. I, I could see that. So that's why she's seeing him see not, that. because it's over. As as that he's dead. Because I, I think the character is too interesting. I like this idea of a liaison for the Justice League. Can I like the tension with her and Steve Trevor? 
Well, I like that they're finally like bringing Steve Trevor in the mainstream universe because he's been gone for so long. I know that's the other thing. Like, I miss that character. Like, it was good, and I really liked the idea because, like, in the other issues, it was so he was so smitten with Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? And she was so smitten with him, and it was like we love each other, and it's perfect. And I'll it's fight Clark for you, Steve. Yeah, and you, Steve, and you'll save me. And now it's like, well, we've got the media. Causing all this problems for us being together. We've got my job as a hero. We have your job as the government. You know, I'm this godlike woman. You're a regular man. I mean, there's just so much conflict. Yeah. And the relationship, it's so much more interesting than it's been before. And I mean, Jeff Johns, great job. He always takes something lame or off the wall and just makes it way more interesting and way more entertaining to read absolutely and this comic really has become so popular like so many people are getting this comic they actually made an ipod an ios game for it it's called justice league earth's final defense i am playing it and it is awesome you could be superman batman wonder woman flash and green lantern and you just run around beating up bad guys it's awesome that's pretty cool it, but there, I mean, there is a story to it. Lex Luthor is kind of behind everything, of course. But like right now, I'm at Superman and I'm stuck facing Grodd in the Watchtower, and I cannot beat Grodd. I'm so mad. But I mean, yeah, it's this is a great book, folks. That's why we're covering. I mean, this is superhero entertainment at its finest. I mean, DC, and I think that's what we're going to get with the movie. You mean a Justice League movie? Yeah. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Maybe these guys should write the script. Maybe. Come on. I mean, if they're doing so well with this, why don't they write the movie? Exactly. It's 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 really great stuff. Now, I know people are mad, you know, no Martian Manhunter. I mean, there's some things with the origin stories that are throwing people for a loop. But this is great Justice League. Okay, what I love about it is, like, with issue... Seven and eight. It's just a day in the life of the Justice League stories. Yes. It's not a big arc. It's not a big, you know, epic story. It's showing what's going on in their everyday lives. And and doing it like what you would find on a television drama. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, those issues didn't have a whole lot of action, but the character development and the character conflicts still made it a really great read. Well, and you kind of still see that in issue nine where Batman texts Superman is like, do you have lunch plans? And then they go storm Arkham Asylum. And and those are things that made Smallville great. You know, character moments. Yeah. Because Smallville couldn't do all the big mind-blowing special effects. So they had to rely on melodrama drama and character interaction and fun little superhero gags. And that's what Justice League 7 and 8 did so well. Right. And so that's great. I mean, Jeff Johns is not only giving us the big overarching arcs where there's some big crisis that the Justice League has to deal with. He's also just giving us regular stories about these superheroes and making us just enjoy the characters themselves. Yep. So props to him on that, really. Honestly. And then his Shazam backstory which I know we can't spend a lot of time on, uh, is really well done, too. 
Well, it's it's really modernized Billy Batson into like a modern day kid. What a modern day kid would be going through with the loss of his parents, with being put from foster home to foster home, all that anger that builds up. I mean, it's very much kind of like John Blake in The Dark Knight Rises, to be honest. I, I didn't like him at first, did the first installment. I thought he was just too nasty to be a okay, superhero. Okay, I, I, I agree with you But there. then once Jeff Johns started explaining the backstory and started giving us pieces of information that, that explaining why he was that way, it made so much more sense. Now, the one thing that is still weird to me is are Billy and Mary still brother-sister? Because I think they are. I just don't think they know it yet. Okay. Because in, I don't Flash know point, they... in, the, in the Flashpoint universe, they were still brother and sister, even though the time was screwed up. So I don't think Jeff Johns would change that much. I, I don't know. It's We'll see. Because some of it is almost like they portray her almost as like a potential love interest. Like Luke and Leia. Well, okay. They could do that. Because right now, like, what set him off was her getting attacked. And that felt like the superhero saving the damsel in distress. More so than a brother-sister thing. But it also would be a brother-sister thing. True. But if they did did the Luke and Leia thing, okay. I I could buy that for Jeff Johns. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I do like how they portray Dr. Savannah. Yes. He's not like that short, bald guy anymore. He's he's more like a Lex Luthor-type character. But instead of searching for a way to destroy Superman, he's searching for proof of magic. Yes, which that's I interesting, like. too. Well, he's still a scientist. Yeah. I mean, he's not like a, a multi-million dollar no. CEO. They portray him as a scientist. Right. He's interested in finding out about magic. God, I well, like that he's and- teamed up with Black Man on... I mean, not Black Man, Black no. Adam. Black, Black Adam. Black Adam looks awesome. He does look awesome. I like that they connected their stories to each other. Yeah. And, and, go ahead. And issue, issue zero of Justice League, which will be out in uh, September with all the other zero issues, is going to be only a continuation of the Shazam story. So it's going to show you Billy becoming Shazam. That's going to be pretty cool. It's gonna be very, very cool. And and I like I like Freddie Freeman how he's portrayed as well. I love Freddie Freeman. He's so good. He's awesome. And he's I love such how a they swindler. brought Tawny. Yes. And I love how they bring Tawny the Tiger in too. They make him make sense. That was that was really great stuff. Um I, I, I like that idea of the you know, him having an attachment to the tiger because he was in the background of the picture with his parents. Yeah. Now to be honest. I really enjoy the origin story of Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel book Shazam and the, uh, what is it, the Monster Society of Evil. Yeah. I really like that book. I've always liked that book. I've always connected very well to Billy in that book. But I, I'm starting to get warmed up for this one, too. Yeah, well, did it, Jeff Johns, wasn't he involved in that story? I don't remember. I'm not going to say either way because I just don't remember. He worked out another origin story for him. But uh, this one for Billy is really good. I also like that Mary is act, kind of acts as his conscience. Yep. Like she busts his, I mean, kind of busts his balls when he starts acting like a jerk in that first issue. Yeah. When they meet. And that was, I, 
I like that too. That's that is a great kind of brother sister thing. Because especially when Mary Marvel lost her way so much near the end of the post crisis universe with a Final Crisis. Yeah, and her kind of going crazy. Yeah. So I I was glad to see that they've kind of brought her back to what she used to be. That was yep. very nice to see. I think that was their intent by restarting the universe. So that was great. And, and the whole family thing. I, if they're going to do a Shazam comic by itself, I hope that they include those supporting characters. Because they're really I agree. good. I think they're original. I don't think they're original characters, though, because they were in Flashpoint. And I think they were in some Silver Age stuff, but then got lost. Yeah, they're, they're kind of... Um, I would say that they're adapted from those stories. Okay. Because things have been changed about them. Okay. Like, you know, some of them I don't think were foster kids that live with Billy Batson. I think there's some changes. Okay. But I like that the uh, the that the story remains at the core of what happens if a kid gets superpowers. Yep. How does he deal with that? And I think that's what's going to make Shazam interesting. And I think it's, it's going to make him interesting when he comes in to join the Justice League. It's holy crap, well, we have got a kid in here. How well, are we going to handle that? Well, it's kind of like the Young Justice way they handled it. They voted. Yep. So. I think Batman's going to know right away. I think so, too, just by how he acts. But I think he's also going to be like, let's see what this does. I think he's going to kind of mentor him like he kind of did with Blue Beetle. Yeah. I think he's done it a little bit with Cyborg as well. Oh, absolutely. With the speech he gives Cyborg in the last issue of Origins. Oh, yeah. The the thing with Batman is he always has a soft spot for kids. Because, yeah. Because he... He, lo- I he think died he, as a kid. Yes. I think that they bring back that part of him that was killed when Joe Chell shot his parents. Mm-hmm. That, and he that, wants it back. Yeah. That, in a sense, I think that's why he connects to it. And it, I, I don't know, it makes him... I, I don't know, well, it makes it, him a good guy. Well, and it also makes the character of Robin make sense. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, the one, I wish that they would have brought that back with him in Supergirl in the new 52. I agree. I but do miss that. There's a... I think Supergirl and Superman are kind of going to... Yeah. Yeah. There's they the current... Or there's an upcoming story arc in the Superman books that are just for Superman, Superboy, and Supergirl, where the three of them team up to fight this new guy. So I think they're going to all three of them really connect and going to start getting back to normal. So I'm excited for that. Well, they also need to develop Superman's character more. So using characters that are kind of working to improve their characters will be a great thing. Absolutely. But I think we're kind of wandering off now. Uh, it was a great talk about Justice League. Again, great books, you guys. For sure need to check them out. Yes. Really, I mean, they're enjoyable. Jeff Johns, it, this is him at his finest. And just so people know, in case you were confused when we were talking about Shazam, Shazam is a backup story that started in issue 7 of Justice yes. League. 
and is continuing on. And if you go get Justice League issue zero, that will be just a Shazam book. Yeah. So if you're not interested in the Shazam arc, which I really encourage that you get it, guys, because it really is an awesome arc. And it's going to connect to the major story. It is going to connect to the major story at some point. As of issue 12, I think. Really? Yes. Okay. So if you want to know what the heck's going on, because Shazam is going to join the Justice League. That has been confirmed. So if you want to know how he got to join the team, get how he exists, you need to read the backstory. And also read Jeff Johns' Aquaman and Green Lantern books as well, because yes. those are both amazing. And Green Lantern, again, we're going to cover next week, along with the first chapter of the second episode of Smallville Season 11, Detective. And you cannot go wrong with the Jeff Johns comic, for the most no. part. No. For the most part, no. So with that, I think we're going to close up the episode. Again, we're going to do uh, the next Smallville Season 11 story arc, Detective, beginning next week. Along with Greenland. And hopefully uh, we can get a hold of Brian. We're working on that right now. We're going to try to talk with him again. Revolving the um, the comics. If that all works out. We'll see. Hopefully. Yes. We have some other people coming if not. Hopefully. so. Right. And that's for UTV fans out there. So uh, Jason A, you might get a big surprise coming your way very soon. We'll see about that. So Michael, you want to tell everybody kind of well, I guess we already went over what we're doing next week. Yep. So um, do you want to tell everyone real quickly like what you guys are going to do come with retro reviews? I know there's a change. Yeah, there, there, there is a change with retro reviews, and I mentioned this on retro reviews, the latest one. But um, this fall, when we start retro reviews up again, we are going to be doing it maybe once or twice a month, Wu and I, and we're just going to pick random things that we want to retro review. Anything from Birds of Prey to Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, anything we find that we just want to cover, even if it's Smallville again, that's what we're going to do with that. And that will probably be once or twice a month. But the main event that Wu and I are going to be doing, because no, we are not going away. No. Is Wu and I are doing the new spinoff podcast on ATA entitled Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast. And Longbow Hunters is obviously a reference to the Green Arrow story arc, the Longbow Hunters. And, yeah, so we are going to be doing that when Arrow starts this fall. Yes, that's that sounds very exciting. Can't wait to do that. Yes, with you, you guys, because I will be, be joining. Yes, I will be joining that show. So, well, whenever you want. And, and I have a Nico question for will you, actually, as well too. Will you do spoilers with me? Wu doesn't want to do spoilers, but I want to do spoilers. Will you do that with me? Yes. You I'll don't do have that. to, but let me think about that. Okay. If so, not, I'll do it by myself. But we are doing spoilers, but we will not do them. So, And other uh, ATA news, we are also in the process of working on adding a section to, I think, the original ATA, or it might be a standalone thing by itself, um, reviewing episodes of Vampire Diaries coming out this season. I have gotten us a Vampire Diaries consultant to join us on our show and we're going to do that every week so we're going to be adding a new co-host to the show and that's probably going to happen bi-monthly depending on the new co-host schedule so we're going to try to do it every week but I think it's going to be a I should say bi-weekly instead of bi-monthly thing 
So keep an eye out for that. More details on that is to come very soon. So check all those things out. Also, if you may have noticed, we have added ads to our ATA website. So please bear with those. Uh, work with those ads uh, because we definitely need their sponsorship to keep ATA running and going. So please deal with that. And also, if you don't know how ads on the internet work, look up and see how they work uh, to see how you can help keep ATA going. So uh, if you know anything about internet ads, please do the things that that requires to help support our site. We definitely Very appreciate Yes, we definitely appreciate that. So with that, uh, you can contact us in a variety of ways by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairways.com. There you can email us at acrosstheairways.gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways at gmail.com. Also, you can click the button to like us on Facebook. And there you can stay updated on all of the movie and TV news and comic book news that a combination of myself, Nico, and Wu find out during the week. Also, we also can, have a Google+. Plus. Yes. You can find out the same information on our Google Plus page, as well as our Twitter, which is Across Airwaves. There's no the on there. It's just Across Airwaves. So hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Also, if you'd like, with any of your crackpot theories about any of the comics we read, any of the new episodes of the TV shows coming out this fall, or, or Smallville. Or Smallville or anything that you have a theory about, feel free to let us know that stuff. Get a voicemail. At what number can our listeners call to leave us a voicemail, Michael? one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. Also, uh, you can check out our YouTube channel, which has all the panels that were important that came out of Comic-Con 2012. All of them that mattered. Yes. And we also have previews and promos for upcoming movies that are coming out this fall and next summer, including Man of Steel and the new James Bond film Skyfall. So definitely check out our YouTube channel for all of that and also previews and promos for upcoming episodes of our favorite TV shows. Also, if you don't want to go back through this podcast, to listen to all the ways you can contact us, you can download our Android app which will let you contact our podcast and listen to our podcast episodes all through your cellular phone. Yes. So once again, for Michael's Retro Reviews, co-host Wu Kim, and my regular Across the Airways co-host, for original Across the Airways co-host, Nico Reistek, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until the next DC Nation, we will catch you on the airwaves. Have a great week, everybody, and... Keep reading the great Jeff Johns comics coming out of the New 52. See ya. Dun, dun, dun. Dun.